everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Scouting Spotlight podcast on the World Football Index. I'm your host, Austin Miller, joined as always by Tom Robinson. Tom, on today's show, I think for the first time in Scouting Spotlight history, we'll be breaking down a player that one of us has seen live and in the flesh. Am I correct in that? Oh, I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure I've uh, there's there's been a couple of players at least on here that I've that I've seen live in in my sporadic trips to to Argentina, um, or or even in fact I think maybe a couple of the Uruguayan ones I've probably seen live as well. But yeah, definitely one of the the, the special few that I can I can say that I've I've witnessed in person. I think I may be with you on that but I would have to think a lot harder than I'm willing to think on a Friday afternoon as we record this. So let's get straight into it. On today's show, we'll be breaking down Mateo Bahamich, a 21-year-old Argentine player who plays in the second tier of Argentine football with Instituto de Córdoba. Tom, he's in the news because of transfer links to Houston Dynamo in Major League Soccer. We'll get on to that in a little bit. Um, how good does a player have to be, Tom, to catch your eye in the Primera B Nacional, which as anybody who's ever watched anything under the first tier of Argentine football, it is a very different world down there. Oh, yeah, it's um, it's pretty frantic. The quality is not always great there. So I suppose the the one thing is that genuinely good young prospects maybe do stand out a bit because they've got the extra technical ability um, to, to shine. Maybe they don't have quite as big an audience, but certainly a team like Instituto that's you know produced players um, like Paulo Dybala, um, there's always, they're, they're probably one of the more established and, and well-known clubs out there that probably people keep an eye on a bit more. So yeah, if you, if you can, perform well at that level it, it won't be long before certainly the national media would would start having a look at you and um and certainly already Bakamich as you said is is getting glances from MLS and and also from Europe already so it's he's got nine goals in 22 games last season um and he's and he's really kind of exploded as as one of the really hot prospects in the uh, Primera Nacional um so someone who yeah, isn't our, our usual guy who, who's ripping it up at the top flight, someone who's a bit lower down the, the food chain, but certainly I think someone who's due to uh, to be certainly a, a bigger club sooner rather than later. Tom, I will, I will end up deferring to you here on, on most of the, the technical breakdown of his style of play, particularly considering, as we already touched upon, there was a trip to sea. Bahamich play in Cordoba on your, on your last trip to Argentina. Uh, but I will say that in the, the highlights that, that I, I sought out in preparation for this podcast, I'm not going to claim that I sat down and watched Primera Nacional matches. Um, don't need to be doing that. I get enough bad football with excursionistas matches here in Argentina. <laughs> um, but it's very clear that he's a cut above. Uh, I think a lot of players in the Primera Nacional are not very quick to, to put it lightly. They're kind of thicker slobber knocker, hard, rough and tumble type players. Um, and so a player of, of Bahamich's quality certainly stuck out from what I saw. Definitely a cut above from, from the rest of what you see in the Premier Nacional. 
definitely. I mean, the stats alone for a, a guy who's only just turned 21 are, are very impressive. You know, almost one in two goals per game last season. And I think if you if you looked purely as goals, that it might not necessarily jump out as being a, a player that you really needed to keep an eye on because a lot of his goals have been sort of fairly simple tap-ins and finishes. I mean, there, there have been a very nice sort of deft chip against Brown de Adrogue, um and, and quite a nice goal against Almagro that, that kind of show his versatility in, in terms of the finishes that he's able to pull off. But I think when you, certainly if you if you have access to Scout and you're able to look at all his games, there, there's a lot more elements to his game that that really do jump out I think obviously he's quick he's he's pacey he, he's got a very direct kind of style he's he's someone who typically you would probably say is a sort of wide forward or maybe winger um, but not the type of winger who, who's going to be hugging the touchline and, and and looking to get chalk on his boots but someone who's who's making that sort of diagonal beeline to, to get in at the back post or just take the ball and and run sort of direct to goal um, so he, he he's yeah he's a good dribbler but not necessarily in a flashy way it's kind of effective doesn't overcomplicate it which I think in a young player is actually quite um, an underrated skill because you hear interviews with other players and I think when they're coming through they they maybe try and really show off the skills and, and maybe chop one way and then another way and, and kind of overcomplicate it whereas Bakamich is is quite good at making those decisions quickly um, getting the ball in the box I think he's an underrated crosser of the ball um, he's got good strength and balance he's, he's not someone who you can knock off the ball that easily so he's he's not your typical Argentinian tricky wide man who's who's a bit maybe lightweight he's certainly someone who's who can handle himself in that in the rough and tumble of the of the second division as you mentioned already there so I think you've got to look at his all-round game but also he has the stats to kind of back it up as well so he's clearly a cut above as we've mentioned um and I think it's it's going to be interesting where he goes next there's all kinds of possibilities for him um, because the fee that I think Instituto are holding out for would only be roughly around about $2 million. Um, so it wouldn't take a huge amount to prize him away from Cordoba. And whether you see him sort of jumping up to a bigger club within Argentina, moving straight over to MLS or even going across to Europe, I think there's there's a really good deal to be made for a, a player who, yes, he's raw, but um, has clearly a really high ceiling and um and could be a bit of a masterstroke if uh, if you moved quickly for him you mentioned the the proposed fee there tom uh the reports out of argentina within the last week said that houston dynamo from mls had offered or were planning to offer at least 1.2 million dollars for 80 percent of his economic rights you mentioned the the two million number there a no concrete offer yet from Houston Dynamo, but that is at least one named club that that we have that are that are interested here in, in Bahamich. I think my question in in trying to evaluate a player of of this type who's playing at this sort of level is how does it translate? Okay, we've seen what he can do. Um, he scored a goal against Tigre. So technically he scored against the Libertadores side. So that's a check in his favor. Um, although Tigre not exactly tearing it up in the Libertadores. Um, but against this type of competition at this type of level, I think there's certainly different kind of evaluations that we need to, to take into consideration. 
Um, and that's where I think you getting the eyes on the flesh, if you will, actually kind of helps out because you can kind of cut through a bit of the um, trying to differentiate between those sort of levels. So for you, how does what he did or what he's doing at this level translate to future levels? And I think that can maybe then in turn determine what that next move is. If that's a move to a bigger Argentine club, if that's a move to the United States in MLS, if that's a move to a, a smaller European club to try and maybe get his name maybe more on the map. Yeah, so as you say, the fact that he's not playing top flight football means certainly you could view him as a bit of a, of a risk. But I think certainly on one hand, that would that risk would be offset by the, the low fee that you'd be paying for him. And also we've seen players like Diwala, um, like Klimowicz, um, also from Instituto who went across to Germany. Um, we've seen Ocampos tear it up in the, in the second division. So I, I think that just the fact that he's not playing in the top flight shouldn't necessarily be held against him. And the fact that as a well, most of his career has been as a 20-year-old so far, the fact that he's putting up those numbers, but also showing the all-round game, that you know, his ability to link up with teammates, to to pick the right moves, to um, yeah, know when to when to give it, when to dribble past his man, when to have a shot. He's quite unselfish in that respect. He's not one of these guys who is is clearly just looking for the limelight. There's there's clearly an intelligence to his game um, as well there. So I think all those point to him being worth. Um, maybe someone taking a punt on him or him being ready for the for the next move up. Certainly when I saw him live, basically I saw him in November 2019, um, the last time I was back in Argentina. Um, both Belgrano and Tejeres were playing away that week. So I thought, oh, how was my luck? Um, what football is going on? Let's go to the second division. And um, luckily Instituto were, were playing. You know, they're, uh, it's, it's quite an easy game club to go and watch a game at it's it's quite a family orientated vibe to it and and you know just turn up and get tickets on on the door effectively and they were playing up against Deportiva Santa Marina y Biblioteca the the great named uh, club there and um and I kind of I was mainly going to see Instituto but I obviously sort of looked them up before and saw this guy Bakamich had a few goals to his name and I thought oh yeah I'd really like to have a look at him and um, fortunately he scored two goals in a 2-0 in a win so my my decision to go and watch him was was um, yeah a good one I would say um, and one that I yeah, di- didn't necessarily expect him to to do so well when I was uh, in person you know the, the first goal wasn't anything special at all there was um Cross came in, the striker took the ball down on his chest really well and he looked like he was going to smash it into the net from close range but scuffed it um, to Bakamich who was just standing three yards out and just tapped it into an empty net. But the second goal was, I think, really showed his quality. Um, Instituto won the ball on the halfway line, sort of set off a counter-attack and, and Bakamich was was on the shoulder of the last defender, used his pace, used his strength to hold off the defender and and yeah, really emphatically fired a goal into the into the net from from the edge of the area so those kind of two aspects of his game um showed me that yeah this this is a guy who's who's opportunistic he's he's got the pace he's got the versatility as well to to fit into different systems you know you could definitely see him as um i think probably his best position would be on the wide right of a of a front three uh, allowing him to sort of cut in as we've seen from players like Pavon, for example, as well, you know, he might not necessarily have that frightening pace of someone like Pavon or, or Vinicius Junior or anyone like that, but he's he's got a um, 
he's got enough pace to keep him away from defenders and he's got um, just that drop of the shoulder that can take him past his man and then either deliver across or or get in the box to um, to get a shot away. But also the second goal kind of showed him as, as kind of a, a secondary support striker as well. So I feel like he's he's got that versatility, which is going to be attractive um, to either play just off a front man, maybe as a wide forward or even uh, potentially as a, as a winger in a, in a 4-4-2 or something like that. So there's there's a lot to work with there. And I also think that quite a key thing as well, certainly from a European perspective, is that he's got um, Croatian citizenship and a Croatian passport, which means straight away he's going to be able to come in without any issues of, of work permit and that kind of thing, which yeah, is, surprises me somewhat that a club in Europe hasn't necessarily come in for him a bit sooner because you think for two million pounds or uh, dollars, you could get a guy who's not going to need a work permit. He could really go into something special. And if not, he's he's a pretty low risk investment. So um, I think there's there's a lot in his favour, really. And, and he's been highly touted by a lot of people in, in Cordoba. Ozzy Ardiles really bigged him up as well, which is a pretty good seal of approval. So yeah, he he might be someone who's bubbling under the surface at the moment, but could be a um, could be a clever little buy for someone. And and that's the point that you make, Tom. That I think is so important is at this type of price tag, there's really no bad investment for a club. You know, you can bring a player over to Europe, and we've seen this with a lot of players. It feels like recently, where maybe the first European move doesn't exactly work out. But there will not be any shortage of suitors back in Argentina for him if he were to go over to a European club and in that first 12 months maybe fail to make an impact. Well, that's all right because there are countless Argentine clubs that would be happy to take him back and and kind of tutor him on for a year and then you can see where he's at and that sort of thing. So with an eye towards kind of the long term three, four, five years down the road at this type of of price tag... um, yeah, I, I think it would be uh, certainly a good investment for any club. Why, Tom, do you think he's stayed in Cordoba for as long as he has? Um, a 21-year-old of this type of talent, not exactly super common to see them still playing in the Primera Nacional, is it? Yeah, I mean, it's like I said before, he has only just turned 21, um, I think about a month ago. So uh, this is his first full season, really. He kind of broke through in the 2018-2019 season. I think his debut was back in, in February 2019. And he got one goal in seven games in that season. And then um, yeah, this year, he's got nine in, in 22 in all competitions. So um, I think this this has been where he's really kicked off. Um, you know, he's he's always been... Um, within the youth ranks of Instituto being seen as one who who could go on and and do something special. Um, but yeah, realistically, he's, he's not got a load of experience yet, you know, probably about yeah 30 games to his name. So um, I think that's there's something to be said, f- said for that. Um, and yeah, just being in the second division, it's, it's not always going to propel you to the, to the, fame and fortune straight away so um yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't worry too much the fact that he he hasn't sort of been maybe spotted as an 18 year i think he was still playing for his um or certainly in the either just in the youth ranks of instituto for the last few years and before that was just a tiny local club union de morrison um in cordoba 
so yeah he's gone from a very morrison's union yeah yeah exactly yeah um they're kind of based sort of halfway between cordoba and rosario in that just kind of hotbed of football talent tiny little place um but yeah he's sort of gone from that sort of almost village team to um, Instituto and, and their youth ranks. And they've kind of um, eased him in. And, you know, now he's sort of potentially been considered to be into the Argentina under 23s. His name's been mentioned um, in regard to that. And I think Instituto are very much aware that they he is one of the saleable assets. He can bring in some money. Um, they even rejected a, um, a bid from a uh, unnamed Croatian team in January. Um, and the, Croatia under-21 coach uh, Igor Bishkan, formerly of Liverpool, um, has, has been taking a proper look at him and, and said that he's you know a player that they're they're seriously seeing if they can tempt over to to Croatia to represent them at, um, at some sort of youth or national team level. So he, he's someone who is sought after, and I mean, apart, obviously Houston Dynamo are the are the team that are most linked with him but I've I mean I've seen Racing have been linked with him I've even seen quite a lot of Sunderland fans chatting about him online so I don't know if they've had a, a link or, or a rumour to, to him there so just gonna put just don't don't yeah, do it don't exactly. do it Matteo I mean, just if, don't no if, if I was if I was advising him or advising maybe a club like Celtic or Rangers I would say this is exactly the type of player you need to be going for. He's cheap. He's got potential to be four or five times the price in, in a few years' time. Someone who's exciting, but just under the radar there. And for a fee that's, that's you know, it's, it's an investment, but it's not super crazy. And you don't have the, you don't have the EU um, permit to, to worry about as well. So I'd, I'd be saying, you know, snapping their their hands off to to try and get him there and i mean it does seem like mls would be a nice fit to him um i mean i don't i don't know too much about uh, houston dynamo uh what what would you say about them austin as the uh as the resident uh american on on the pod big albert ellis fan that's that's my houston dynamo analysis <laughs> for you i picked out albert ellis like i picked him out when he was playing in the Concacaf champions league for olympia and honduras I uh, watched him at the Olympics for Honduras in 2016. I'm a big fan of his. But uh, there, there's a, a Spanish-speaking contingent in Houston, Tab Ramos, the coach there, um, obviously a U.S. US footballing legend. So I, as far as moves are concerned, he could certainly do a lot worse. Um, Tom, as, as we wrap this podcast up, I will just close by saying that this is definitely a player that when we do a, a looking back scouting spotlight podcast, I think it's going to be very interesting to, to see what happens with, with him o- over the coming years. Oh, for sure. I mean, right now, apart from the sort of few rumors we've got, I think he honestly, he's one of those guys who could, who could easily go to sort of a minor European league or go to MLS or, or potentially even be picked up by a, you know, a, a bigger European club. So he, he's one that I'm, I'm not too sure where his next step will be. I think if we look at him in maybe three or four years time, he will be at a, a, a big club. But um, I think the next one could yeah, be a bit of a, a left field move by your usual standards. Um, but uh, yeah, one that's I'm definitely interested to to see how his career goes and and having that personal connection to him, having seen him live, I've got a yeah definitely a bit of a soft spot for him. So I'll be I'll be crossing my fingers that he uh, 
he, he does well, be it for Croatia or Argentina. We'll see. We'll see. Well, that'll do it for this edition of the Scouting Spotlight podcast. Be sure to follow the World Football Index on social media for all the latest from us. All that's left for me to say is thanks for listening and goodbye. Goodbye.